Hey, it's Kevin Mullen with the 419 Podcast. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, February 7th, and come on out and see a live recording. Join Gretchen DeBacher, Matt Killam, and myself at Toll House from 6 to 9 p.m., where we'll be welcoming in two special guests. I don't know who they are. Only Gretchen does. So come on out to Toll House Wednesday, February 7th to find out and be a part of the fun. RSVP online at 419podcast.com. Now let's get to the podcast. Hi, I'm Gretchen DeBacker. And I'm Matt Gillum. And I'm Kevin Mullen. And this is the 419. And we put the music in. That's right here. Okay. So good. See what I just did there? That's a top 10 hit right there. Oh, damn it. Now it won't go away. Nothing we can do about it. You just got to let it run. Now it's just going to run. It's just going to do its thing. What are we we doing here on the podcast? Um, We are going to talk to a, a different guest every week. God damn right. And then we're going to solve crimes. We should have gone with that music. He's the private we're dick gonna, with get the, all the chicks. What's that? What? You know, that show. <laughs> Shaft, he knew what I was saying. I, don't, I know Shaft, and I don't know that. I didn't know that was part of the theme song. I don't think No, they say it in between the verses. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't Richard Ramsey recently passed, so it's just really timely. Yeah, I, I am still in mourning. Let's start this anyway. From the let's, this is over. Oh. <laughs> so, so this I is going today to tell you we're quitting this podcast. Just when you think you couldn't think worse, right? Of yourself, but that music will pep you right up. Here comes the four hundred nineteen dish. Right. Cheer the you right up. guest this week. Yep. yep. Shall, shall we start? Let's do it. Let's do I it. I think he might be hiding right around the corner. All right. Okay. So, um, I've known this person for a while. It's a man. Okay. He's a man. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ. He went to say, he went to St. Francis to sales high school. Okay. Uh Oh, which may indicate to you how, how long I, Oh God, did you hear that? That was me. Yeah. Um, don't do that. Is I've it known shaft? him. No, he's not shaft. And, um, He's just a good guy. He could be described as the Walter Cronkite of Toledo. Okay. He could be. He could be. Would he be? He um, is a news anchor on WTOL. Okay. News. He took over a show for another local legend, Jerry Anderson. Okay. And um, our special guest is Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith. Hey. What you what you didn't say about Jeff our guest. Smith. Is our guest maybe one of the best public address announcers in town as well? Is that true? You left that part out. I didn't know that From about him. St. Francis basketball games? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, I, know my, I know my local announcers. Okay. I keep Jeff, an eye welcome. on the competition. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm sorry we're going to waste the next hour of your life. That's right. That's all right. It okay. keeps me out of the afternoon meeting. Yeah. Now, do you know Matt Killam? I don't know if oh, we've met so, over Yeah, years. it's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to Absolutely. Meet you. you obviously know Kevin. Of course. Jeff, good, good to, to see you. you. Yeah. And we've met. Uh, yeah, quite a few times. <laughs> so how did you end up as the news anchor on WTOL? Well, after 20 years at 13 ABC, I think my body started to tell me that getting up at 2 a.m. Uh, probably took about five years off my life mm-hmm. um, over and over doing that for so many years. Uh, there were so many things that kind of, I guess, drew me to the morning and being up at that time. but. 
after having three kids, after yeah. so many years. Now, Jeff, you're only 22 years old. You look terrible. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. I, we've only met you already. You're my best friend in the world. Um, no, it, it's one of those things. It's like after so many years, I decided I really needed to start thinking more about me yeah, and sure. possibly looking for something new. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just so happened the timing of everything was... A, uh, kismet. I mean, it just it worked out that uh, the opening came at TOL, and I never, my wife and I, we never in a million years thought that I would go to a nighttime, the polar opposite of the shit sure. that I was doing before. But, sure, um, it has been, it's been a nice transition. Yeah, Very absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, um, my wife and hang, hang on one second. We're having tech issues. Oh. Can you talk into your mic directly? Check. We got to figure out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's better. Okay. I hate to do this, but... Uh, Jeff, can you leave? <laughs> Come back. <laughs> hey, welcome. Reset. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's a it's a new podcast. We're going to have tech issues sure. as we figure this sure. out. And, uh, you know, I mean, you... We had a few last night uh, on set. And, uh, I mean, I saw the... Everybody saw how I manicure the back of my neck um, <laughs> at one point during the during the show. So you know when you rip the cord out in the back of your neck? <laughs> no. It just, it was, it was one of those things, but peripheral vision. And I looked down on the monitor and I'm thinking to myself, as my mouth is reading the next story sure. in my mind, it's not the next story. It's simply, why did we just see the back of my neck? Yeah. Oh no. So Don't you just is... want to say that? Don't you I just do. want to say that on air? I like, do. like you all saw it. I know it happened. Right. Let's just talk Let's about it pretend. together. Let's right. not pretend. And over the years, there have been, you pick and choose your your battles. And over the years, there have been those moments. But um, I've also matured and I understand right. that you just move on. So what do you give up at 2 a.m. that you gain now working this night shift? How do you, what's, what are the pros and cons of, because now you stay up until like midnight, right? Right. Yeah, it is, like I said, it is the polar opposite of what I was doing before. And what I gain, um, sleep. Yeah. Um, that's probably number yeah. one on the list. Um, what you, I guess, the takeaways, the negatives would have to be, I've got three kids. One of them is a sophomore in, uh, at Ohio State, and I've got a senior in high school and a f- uh, fifth grader. Okay, wow, that's so, a real range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those things, it's like um, I don't see the boys as much as I would love to on this schedule. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, when I was doing the mornings, mm-hmm. I, I was going five, six hours of sleep a night, sure. and I was able to go home in the afternoon. I was able to go to those practices in the evening right. um, when most dads and moms are available to help out with coaching and things like that. So that's that's the thing that I'm giving up right now. I think the three of us probably have an idea of what your schedule looks like just from our jobs and sort of being around. But for folks that may not know... Give me an average day. Yeah. I mean, give me the average day for somebody who's on the morning show, what mm-hmm. time you're getting in and what that looks like. And then now that you're in, that you're on at 11 o'clock at night, right. how early are you getting in to start prepping for that? Well, the funny thing was when we first started mornings, it was, oh, the show will never go to 6 a.m., you know, because we were only 6.30 and then to 7 o'clock and then networks would take over. It went to 6 a.m. Eh, it'll never go to 5.30. It did. And eventually it went to 4.30 in the morning oh for the Toledo God. market, which we thought wow. was just asinine no at kidding. the time. On air at 4.30? Exactly. Oh, my God. Are there actually, I mean, the ratings show that people are listening at 4.30 or whether they're crazy. watching at 4.30? Well, I think what it is in the in the mindset of the business model they saw an opportunity each half hour that you went on air 
it ticked up the numbers for that sure. next it's half hour. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And it did. It worked. I mean, it was an equation and it worked perfectly. Um, but when you talk about the day and how that unfolded, I mean, you were you were waking up at 2.15, 2.30 in the morning. You were getting in at 3, 3.30. Um, you were prepping. But a lot of the prep really in the morning show is done on set while things are fluid. Sure. There's a lot of repetition, obviously, because you can only do traffic and weather. I mean, everybody knows getting around town is 15 minutes no matter where you go. <laughs> right. right. Um, so there's not a whole lot of traffic to report outside of, you know, unfortunate accidents. But um the day you just spend there until seven o'clock and then you've seen it people um during good morning america today show whatever um you've got Mm cut-ins which is where you just do little snippets of news and weather and you go back to the network and then i was doing the noon show as well which we were told at one point over 13 abc that would never go to an hour long and sure enough it did so the the evening has been the interesting dynamic for the last three years at tol is getting up with the boys, because that's really the only time to I get see to them. see them in the sure. morning. Mm-hmm. They go off to school, and then maybe dad lays back down for like an hour or two. And then I, I try to stay physically active. I try to get out. I try to work out. Um, my wife is in real estate, so she can set her schedule um, so that we see each other. Um, but it's really just you know trying to stay busy. I think that's one thing that isn't intuitive to some people is having your schedule not be the traditional one, it's difficult to be a functioning or participant in a community, right? So mm-hmm. when do you get your haircut? When do you, uh, you know, renew your driver's license? When do you see your kid? When do you have dinner with your whole family? Right. It, it, or friends, God forbid, it'd be someone even outside your own household. Mm-hmm. Those things, people are, although there's a variety That's- of schedules, but people... You, you become an odd man yeah. or person out. Mm-hmm. And that is very difficult between your two years, I would imagine. Uh, after a month, six months, a year, like, where, when was the last time I saw my buddies? I, that is, it's, it's crazy that you're bringing that up because that has been so many conversations over the last few months. Sure. Is, that is a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and, and it was before. Kevin on sacrificed the other... that by not making friends. <laughs> it was actually that's way makes, easier that way. That's what makes his schedule pretty fluid. Yeah, yeah. nobody invites yeah. me to anything. <laughs> Yeah. Just because they don't think you're available or... They don't no. like you. No, they don't like <laughs> me. Yeah, that's mostly <laughs> that. But yeah. no, but please, but finish that. No, I mean, as we dive in, it, it, it is truth. I mean, it, it is one of the things when I was on the morning schedule mm-hmm. was I couldn't be there Thursday evenings, that's go right. out with the guys, go go do this, go it's do isolating. that. It is. And now you're just not available on the evenings, period. Um, so, and, and when you are available, that's when people are at work and... You know, I've probably over the last three years, I haven't done a good job of trying to acclimate to lunch dates or things like that where mm-hmm. you where you go out. It's just, there's no perfect, listen, yeah. I, I, there's no perfect schedule. Sure. And, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm not uh, a representative of somebody else's life out there going through the same thing, but it is, it's a life of sacrifice. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I think it, as important as that is whether or not you get free coffee and snacks at the station at 2 a.m. Uh, or 3 or 4 or 5 a.m. At that time, no. What? No. <laughs> that should be part of your when Keurig contract. When Keurig came out, I think, after I left there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it, it is one of those things. It's like, you know, you were... I, I remember when... 
when I was working at 13 and uh, Tim Hortons opened mm-hmm. right there at the corner of Doran Reynolds and it was like ah! yeah. it was yeah. like that moment where <laughs> yeah. holy that's right it's it's the same someone's looking out well, for well then me. then yeah. you figured out you know whether or not they were going to be open during the overnight hours at sure. two o'clock when you came in and sure enough they were so that was that was the same I mean, people would look at me and they're like do you like their coffee and I'm like no but yeah. you needed some availability type of jolt this show yeah. is sponsored by hour. Tim Hortons oh, so. not anymore <laughs> this is an entirely <laughs> Canadian <laughs> audience we serve yeah uh, I should, I, I, that's I mean I when so Matt and I will occasionally fill in for Fred Lefevre mm-hmm. on 1370 and I laugh that when I'm like driving to the station Matt shows up like an hour and a half later that's um, right this, but, that's when the talent shows up but when but when I'm driving in like nothing's open mm-hmm. right. and, and I'm and I'm going in at four thirty, five o'clock right. not right. two in the morning right right so, so it's it's better now on this shift, being able to see more life, more activity. You go in when the sun's up, you leave when the sun's down, and it was the opposite before. I, at a risk of getting like really serious really yeah. quickly, I'm curious if you went back and talked to Jeff Smith, the senior at St. Francis, what what advice would you tell Jeff, and 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 would it be, this is the right career or run like hell? You know, I was just there yesterday, actually, at St. Francis Ford. They oh, were, they were celebrating. At the, at the no, 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 no. no. I was, at the crossroads of hell. I found myself. Good Lord. Um, they were celebrating the 15th water polo championship sure. for the for the school and that program. I was a part of it, and cool. we won three of them in 88, 89, 90. Um, and, in fact, John DeSalle, my coach, was there yesterday because his son's currently on the team. But, um, no, it, I think if I were to go back and talk to that kid, I, I would tell him, and, and I told the kids there yesterday at the assembly, I said, look to your right, look to your left. Um, make sure you hold fast to the people who are around you because the network is so important and i've because of schedules because of i went i went to indiana university where nobody else was going my my senior year so i mean there have been divisions as far as friendships are concerned and and contacts and saying things like that but maybe i just have done a poor job i you know i've thought about that i hit 50 last year and i thought to myself i've just done a poor job of staying in contact with people it's not anybody else. I've just done a bad job with it. And I think the biggest piece of advice I would give, and I've, I've thought about that a lot over the last couple of years, is just like reconnect, reconnect, mm-hmm. reconnect. Go back out there. Find those people who you haven't talked to. Maybe it was awkward at, at one time, but now it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're on the – yes, <laughs> I consider downward. myself on the downslope, yeah, sure. right? Well, there's yeah. two things. That we Hold fast is actually sort of a mantra um, for a variety of reasons that we use around our household um, for just that. And it, one thing that younger Jeff Smith would have never listened to is it is inconceivable how fast time moves, mm-hmm. right? And that's something you hear said when you're a kid. Uh, but it you will, to those contacts, it's two months, then it's 10 years. Right. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's been that long. On the same, In the same vein, I, I'm interested in... Uh, St. Francis to Indiana, back to Toledo, and and the family in between, certainly. But I'm always curious as, and maybe your schedule allows for this to be a little bit easier, but the boundaries and the amount of access that people think that they have or should have to personalities like yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You are um, a public figure. Um, You deliver news, good, bad, and in between to us on a nightly basis. 
I'm interested in, I'm sure it'll be tried to you because you talk about this with some regularity, but you are a man and a person, you have a family. So people think that you should be more to them than potentially is healthy. How do you navigate that? Is that a constant part of being, you're going out to dinner and people want to come up and say hi, Um, you're in an elevator and people just stare at you i mean that's a, but real that's a good thing <laughs> talk you know, to me about th- that that's one of the things that it, gosh my wife and i have had that conversation as well i mean we've been at we've been at restaurants before mm-hmm. one in particular um i found a fake fingernail in a salad and i remember her kicking me under the table going smile <laughs> and i'm like yeah this is a, you know yeah. we're we're people it doesn't matter right. what i do i just right. found a fake fingernail in my salad right. what do i do about that how do i handle it was it Tim Hortons? Because we can get it you wasn't, a It wasn't Tim Hortons. We can get you a coupon. It's it's one cream shot of caramel. That's how I take it. Um, no, I I always use this phrase, and I, I I I live by it. It's I am a walking billboard. People are walking billboards, sure. no matter what they do. Mine just happens to be a little more visible, mm-hmm. right? And if I have a moment at Walmart, if I have a moment at the at, at a Kroger, I I smile. Yeah. I I am approachable. I love when somebody says, "We saw this, that, or the other," mm-hmm. because one, it means they were watching. Yes. And that's the business I'm in. I'm hoping that we're drawing eyeballs. I'm hoping that we're somebody feels comfortable with tr- me. They chose you. Watching yeah. me yeah. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And that we. Uh, cut out what, let, let me step on that. One of the oh, things. For God's no, sakes. <laughs> one of the things. No, and, and this is to your point. One of the things that was told to me coming over to TOL was mm-hmm. this audience, your audience that you're going to. No offense, they have no idea who you are, because there's mm-hmm. that audience who grew up with me. Mm-hmm. My goodness, and I can say that literally because I've. 20 plus years on the air and I've got high school students who have told me I'm now, you know, working and I grew up watching you, blah, blah, blah. Um, But they said to me, they're like, you were the morning guy. Now you're being reintroduced to an entirely new audience because they weren't up at 4.30 Yeah, it's a different station and a totally different time of the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Completely polar opposite people. So it's two things, Matt. (laughs) That's right. That's why she's on the show. Yeah, Yeah, that is... (laughs) God bless you. I hate you so much. She's so good. Um, Jeff, what do you spend your time on in the community? Do you um, is there a cause that you uh, like to volunteer your time for regularly? Um, uh, an organization in the community that you're involved in? I you'll find this interesting. I reached back out last year. I reached back out to Sylvania Area Family Services mm-hmm. because the Huntington Center, when I was growing up in high school, out in Sylvania, I did my senior project out there. And it's always been some place that I've stayed in contact with. They had a Ray of Hope Awards that they did every sure. year over at Meadow, Meadowbrook I Place. I, I hosted that for year after year after year. And Jason Robertson was the guy who brought me in for that. I got to give uh, credit to him. But um, I always kind of looked back on those experiences because I'm a local guy. Mm-hmm. And growing up here, you know, I mean, there were things that when we were in high school had an impact on our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether it be Liz and me growing up and having different experiences, but her sister, who I knew growing up, growing up. Um, but it's just one of those things. I, I've always looked to give back to those who were so impactful and, and kind of made an impact on me when I was, when I was younger. That's great. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't help but think 
you know, when the, the news business has changed so much mm -hmm. in the 20 years that you've been in this business, and I think maybe even ag aggressively more in the last few, I'm curious how the, you know, attack on news media, how all of that like affects you both professionally mm -hmm. and personally, because, you know, Yes, you're you've got a job to do you're selling a you're selling a widget that happens to be a newscast that you know You make your money the more people who who tune in and watch sure. But there's also a public service there that mm -hmm. that I think everybody who's in the business got into it Not because they wanted to help an ad agency or a sales rep sell advertising But because they see the value of delivering news in an unbiased way to the community as a public service how do you sort of wrestle with that, both professionally how it's changed, and also just how does that impact Jeff Smith, the person? Yeah. And I would just add, <clears throat> if I may, mm -hmm. rudely, the technology that's changed. I mean, the way you communicate and the methods you communicate, certainly, especially in the last five years, have completely, completely and totally changed how I, you do your job. I taught down at BGSU um, a few years ago, and I remember bringing Kurt Frank from the Toledo Blade in to talk to the students. And he told them that day, he said, I never thought being a newspaper guy in a million years I would be doing as much video yeah. mm -hmm. as we're doing. Sure. Mm -hmm. And to the polar opposite of that, we're doing more copywriting and newspaper type literature over at WTOL than we ever thought we would be doing because, and I've told, I've told students this, Broadcast journalism is about, you've all been trained. We talked to the students, we're like, you've been trained to find the 499th word in that 500 word essay for decades. We're trying to get you to pare that down to about 50 words. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the mentality. So yes, there has been that juxtaposition of what we thought we were getting into, what, how it exists now, because it is different, absolutely, 100%. Um, how does that change things on a daily basis? You asked specific to the news being hard, um, being difficult. And um, I had a classmate at St. Francis whose brother was tragically killed in New York City. And we got wind of the fact that ABC News was going to be covering that story, airing something. I, I may get this wrong. I think it was on 2020. Um, I had to pick up the phone. And I felt as a courtesy, call the family, yeah. let them know that this th was this about to happen um, on the air. They had no idea, mm. but it, mm. it created a real, a hard moment. I'll just put it like that, as far as the relationship of this family that I grew up with in high school. Um, I love them to this day. Um, I saw the, uh, the parents recently, um, and there's still that kind of unspoken uncomfortableness. Mm. Um, but that is, that's the hardest thing. I mean, I, I've had stories of people I know who have gone to jail and I've had to make sure that I distance myself from those stories when they're read on air. There was a young girl, um, Notre Dame girl, mm -hmm. um, at the corner intersection was pulling out there on, on um, uh, Sylvania near Talmadge. Um, and this is when I first came back home, who was tragically killed in a car accident. So, I mean, I, I could go on and on. There, there have been numerous things that make this job not fun. It's interesting. The, the longer someone stays, and, you, and this is in any market, right? But the longer someone stays in a particular market, the more connections they're going to have yeah. in that community and the more connections they're likely going to have to the stories Which they're Which is covering. a blessing and a curse, yeah. right? right? My, contact, my contact list, the people who I can reach out to who are more comfortable with me, 
trust me, um, that's a bonus. But like you said, you what it comes around. Well, I can tell you um, anecdotally. I mean, this is the first time we're meeting, but you are a favorite of our household uh, for sure. Um, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you've, you've certainly you've certainly earned it, and there's something about you that um, people trust and want to listen to. Not. I don't want to keep talking about heavy media stuff. I certainly want to avoid Gretchen's tech question because mm-hmm. that's not a strong demographic <laughs> for us. But I am interested in uh, things about you, Jeff. How did you convince your wife to put up with this? Uh, where did you meet her? Uh, where is she from? Talk to me about uh, the, the family and how they are part of uh, all the things to make you up. She's from Fostoria. Okay. Um, we met at 13 ABC. She worked behind the scenes. Okay. Um, we kept it very low profile sure um in fact, was hr when people, involved no <laughs> she was the head of hr <laughs> so they were it really helped <laughs> no, you said was yeah that's she's right. not anymore that's yeah. right. I, I, no, no, no. I think it was a shock to the system when people found out we were even dating mm-hmm. um just because it was kind of a secret hush hush kind of a thing um but her being from Fostoria, i grew up in sylvania uh we located in Perrysburg. We moved to Perrysburg because that was the even split between my parents and her parents um, as far as distance was concerned. It and does help that you're sort of different and nutty lifestyle. She's she's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a participant in the circus. Well, oh, she, yeah, she was, yeah, she was in media. She was in promotions. Um, and then she started a real estate career back mm-hmm. in 06. 605 I want to say okay right about the time the bubble hit sure the first one yeah um, so her getting into that uh, she learned just unbelievable amount of houses and investments right. being underwater and all that kind of garb garbage I'll say <laughs> but um, but it's been especially helpful um, but as far as the family is concerned I mean we've got three wonderful kids yeah um, I want to go back to something real quick because I I do want to touch on this. You you talked about things that are important to you and things that have made an impact in places I've reached out to. The one frustration I've had is getting national organizations, if if they don't have a footprint here in Toledo, to take a chance and come back. The Arthritis Foundation is one place that I reached out to, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to spearhead the effort to get a major, major footprint. My daughter's got arthritis. And it's been one of those things over the years that I wanted, I wanted that to be my calling card Mm -hmm. as far as going to bat for that effort. And it's just been frustrating. It's been multiple emails. It's been Zoom conferences and things of that nature. And that's one frustration. It's like Toledo has made a lot of ground they over have. the years, but, over the decades. But if um, To the four people that are going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> but uh, one nice thing to your point about the market, the size, and there, you are not very separated from people who can help or participate. From the Arthritis um, Association in particular, what can people do to help bolster your ask or your push to get more of a footprint here? What does the community need to do to support this? Gosh, I don't I, I think communication, obviously, from my side of things, I mean, that's the biggest thing is to have more and more people kind of push the lever on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I move the lever, I should say, but I, I just don't, I don't know. Right. I, I mean, I think about, I think about, you know, conversations about bringing more grocery availability to downtown right. Toledo. I look at uh, Meyer. Uh, they have a urban footprint. They've got a store in Grand Rapids, which I think would be unbelievable in downtown Toledo, but they don't want to talk about it. Right. right. And that's, that's where the new, that's from a community, you know, a civically inclined person. You have to put that hat on for a second versus the 
news reporter? Are you calling about a story or are you calling yeah, because sure, you want right. to get something gotcha? done? Yeah, yeah so are, I mean, are you allowed to? So you say, so I think it's the idea of bias in the media. Mm. So I've always said that I think the problem with bias is when it's, um, or the problem with agendas is when they're hidden. Right. When you lead with the agenda and say, this is what my agenda is. Sure. I personally don't have a problem with that when it's hidden. All right. Now, wait a second. What are we talking about? But I'm curious for you when you're saying, look, I, I why is there not a grocery store in downtown Toledo? All right. We're going to cover with a bigger footprint. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we're going to we're going to cover all of these. You know, I've I've met with Meyer and they've mm-hmm. said, well, Toledo doesn't check this box, this box, this exactly. box. And you're saying. But I think we do. So we're going to make a concerted effort in our newsroom to cover stories to let them know that we do check those boxes. Like, is that is that something that can or maybe does happen? Of course. I mean, we live here. Right. And I mean, it's it. I, I think it would be unfair to say that we can't go to the table each and every day and say, I think we should hmm, sure. pursue this yeah. because it could be timely. Yep. Um, it could be something that we start a conversation and I have no problem with that. When you, I think when you say the word bias, immediately political comes into it. But what you're describing right there and what we're trying to gain as far as quality of life opportunities mm-hmm. for the region, um, social determinants of health, you've heard that used again and sure. again and again around Toledo. But as we're trying to get those things, we want to be a vehicle mm-hmm. for that. It's not... I don't see any negative yeah. in doing that kind of thing, right? And we can we can scan, we can fish social media and figure out what people are talking about, what people are asking for, and we can be that sounding board for that. But to take stuff of our own volition and say, I think we should do this, absolutely, I'm 100% I really, for I really it. love that philosophy. I think that, that that's important, especially, like you said, you all live here. This is your community too. It makes sense. What is your favorite well, sort of? And, and I'll and I'll bring up the point. I had you on a couple of twenty under forty. That was my idea. Yeah. Was to focus on that effort here locally, and obviously, as you being a winner of the first ever one that came out. I'm very young still, though. I thought no. I was we like, know that. You're, wait, you're under forty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. That was inappropriate. Yeah. You know, no, but that I, that, yeah, no, that plays yes. to our point. Is just the opportunity to do things like that, to have that vehicle. What's your favorite kind of local story to dig into? You want to get into like the finances of something, be the about parks. a character, something about the Metro Parks, which <laughs> you might know Matt Metro works. Parks. Some uh, like a scandal type story, a development story, boom, heartwarming. Boom. Development. Development. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Where, where opportunity is and just, I, I've talked with executive producers before and I've said, I just think we have, we have an, in, a, a lack of innovation stories that we do nightly. I'm so glad going over to WTOL. One of the things that I thought we did not do a good job of, of over at 13 was ag stories, agriculture, mm-hmm. how big that industry is for Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. Dan Cummins does a great job, mm-hmm. has great contacts, goes out. Paul Quapik, our chief photojournalist, he, he's just got a vision for these things. So every time there's something like that on the air, I just it gives me chills down my spine. I love seeing it because it kind of it, it calls to what I think we need to, we need to, I guess, share as far as the community is concerned. But development stories, what the Metro Parks are doing, all of those things where we're bringing in something new and right. shiny and an opportunity, quality of life, I'm all over it. Jeff, when you are 
I'm more fascinated by the people who are doing it. Okay. I, I want to put that sure, out there absolutely. as well. Yeah, yeah, that is what the connective tissue, I think, is in most things of interest is. The topic or the subject matter, of course, but the individuals who make it Who's so. Who's taking the ball? For, absolutely. Right. Is there an individual or person that you feel like you're talking to through the camera? Do you? I think it's Howard oh, Stern. Yeah. That, Howard Stern good. talks about... I think he thinks about one audience member, and it was himself as a kid. He was into mm-hmm. radio. So in theory, and this might be super trite, but do you th- who is the audience for which you are speaking to? Do you think about that, or is it you're delivering content and making sure the content itself is, rep- is respected and represented? My managers remind me that probably the female demographic, 54 and up, is kind of my demo mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Right. So, How does that make it. you feel? Well, I, uh, so Gretchen. You know, I'm 53. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You just missed it. So I just, <laughs> just missed it. But that's yeah. why I'm here today. I'm trying to win over one more concert. Started early. <laughs> that's right. I love it. That's but that, that is, there's no, I can't, I can't say sure. yes. There's one specific yeah, person that I'm thinking, yeah. that I'm talking to. But I just, I want people, and I've always had this approach. I just want people to know they, there's no BS. And, and yeah. there's no... I want them to get a little bit of my personality. I mean, it's funny. When I came over, people have said to me, they're like, you're funnier than we thought you were. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, thank you. I, I was thinking think. the opposite. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> yeah, this has been a real letdown. I cannot wait to tell my wife. Uh, what a disappointment. Uh, but uh, but you, you want them, you want them, you don't want to give it all, but you yeah, want them course. to have a little bit of what you're about and who you are, right? Uh, that keeps yeah. them, yeah. right? You can hear or listen to radio um, or news, period, right? Mm-hmm. The, keeping them, they make, get to make a choice and they make the choice based on who you are, presumably. Right. And that's important. Right. It, when you yell at your children, is it through... <laughs> Uh, talk to me about the, that, Jeff Smith. Do you prepare? I'm the for that? dad who takes fun away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm very curious about that. Like, but do you do it in a news style? Like, oh, do you deliver like, yeah. yeah, like uh, breaking news? My <laughs> daughter got her <laughs> cell phone taken away. The garbage is still not out. It's time to do the deal. Still at eleven. Sarcasm. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just love the idea of uh, you know parenting is a nightmare almost. Uh, on a daily basis, also with some real highlights, of course. I, I am com- I am continually reminded I'm the only one who can take our dogs for a walk sure. because they. I am the only one who they will behave for. Okay. Um, not to end my sentence in a preposition there. All the students are going to we be upset. We were doing a lot of judging. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's one of the things that I'm always reminded of as far as the tone. Sure. The tone. Is, I think that that is they know when dad means business. Yeah, I bet. Um, but it, it, you know, it, God, it's like the workplace. It's like home. But they you, don't really you care what to, you do for a living, right? right. They don't. No, they, they don't they think, think it's like cool. They think or, it's cool. Oh, they do think oh, it's they cool. Do okay, think it's cool. all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We're still talking yeah. about the dogs, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's my audience. Well, when he I doesn't have home. any actual children. It's these three just delightful labradoodles. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a comfort dog that's a sophomore at Ohio State. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Sending him off to school, year. he was heartbroken. The tuition is the same, unfortunately. Right. Right. I, right. I do want to try and get away from work a little bit because I know there's more to Jeff Smith than what we see on TV, but I am really curious. What's your favorite story you've ever covered, mm. and what's, yeah, the, what's the worst story you've ever covered? And maybe not like... Let me worst, let me like de- sad, let me take tragic. off work. Yeah, let me yeah. take off worse. Sad, just yeah. like you did. You, you did it. And you were just like that. Felt wasn't bad. my best. Oh. Like mm. that's fair. Um, best probably. Gosh, and I have to go. I mean, 
there have been so many. I, I went down and, and covered a hurricane down in Houston when I was at 13. And um, we were still owned by Disney at the time. And all of a sudden, they put in the All Points Bulletin. They needed employees from all the O&O stations, Disney-owned stations, to come and help because they were going wall-to-wall for five, six days, never going off the air mm-hmm. with coverage as far as what people needed, what kind of wow. damage they Status. were seeing, that sure. kind of thing. And... I remember myself and photojournalist Kevin Bining going over to one of the shelters that they had set up and just the human impact of being able to, I guess, take the veil of being a TV personality or just being a reporter that day. Yeah, we were holding a microphone, but I remember I remember Kevin being on the other side. There were tables lined up vertically for people. It was a call center that they had set up so that people could get the help they needed from the Red Cross, so many other government organizations that had set up to help these folks that had, had gone through just horrendous damage. But I remember Kevin, I could feel him kind of moving behind me because of the emotion we were starting to get out of the person we were interviewing and i was just talking as a fellow human being just asking questions what's this been like tell me about your family what are they going through and i just felt kevin i I remember talking with him afterwards and he said it was the emotion that got me because he was listening in from across the room he was shooting we didn't want to make the woman nervous that's why he was across the room. But I remember that day specifically, and it stood out for me as how impactful what we do yeah. can be sometimes, yeah. being that sounding board, being that megaphone um, to get people help. I, I started work in Northern Michigan, um, and some of the experiences I had up there, and I'll give you one, I'll, I'll give you this short version of it. My job of the day was to get feed piles for deer get video b-roll of deer at feed piles and a feed pile is what farmers or people who live out in the country will set up during the winter months when food is scarce Mm -hmm. and the deer are still out there they will create leftovers like corn from earlier in the season or things of that nature um compost they will put out in a pile so it was my job to link up with a farmer and i got lost Mm-hmm. And I ended up driving on what I thought was a road, but because of the snow cover, <laughs> sure. I was on a snowmobile path oh that hadn't God. been groomed or had been groomed enough to the point where I thought it was a road. I get stuck. And the cell phone not working because of the desolate area I was in and the time of year it was. So I ended up having two snowmobilers pass by me, sure. Arctic Cats. I got to put a plug in for Arctic Cat because they had chains in the back of this thing. They ended up towing me wow. out of this path. Oh, my God. I finally did get to the farmer's house. And probably to this day, I can't prove it, but I bet News Channel 7 and 4 in Traverse City is still using my footage that I got that sure. day yeah. as far as B-roll of deer. I wish it was like a trap set by deer to, to kill you and eat you. Right, yeah. like, right this way. This right. nefarious plot in northern Michigan, just north of Gaylord. You had to leave the state. I, I remember like one of, I had several like worse days when I worked in television um, because I wasn't nearly as good at it as you were. So I had a lot of them almost every day. But I remember That's nice you said I, did, I, did, I did one story 
where I was sent to interview a family and it was my least favorite story. It's part of the reason why I got out of news is I, I just felt like I was constantly sent on this knock on their door because a loved one died and ask them nice. how they feel kind of story. And you want to do more deer. I want to do more deer content. That's what I want. I'm looking for more feed piles. <laughs> and, None of their business. And then. so I go to this house and I knock on the door and I'm talking to the family and they agree to talk to me. And I set up to do that. I'm a one man band. I set up to record the story and I realize that I don't have a tape to record it. Mm. And at this point, they are sitting down. They're ready to talk to me. Oh my God. I am not about to tell them, I'm sorry, can I come back in an hour? Yeah, right. And so we just do the interview. And I do the interview with no tape. And I go back to the newsroom. And they said, how was it? And I said, so I... I got there, I sat down with them, I had a great conversation with them, I thought I had them ready to do an interview, and they said no cameras. Um, so I didn't get it. And I was like, I wasn't about to tell them no. I did not have right. a tape. Right. But I was like, but I remember that was one of those days that I'm like, you got a checklist for a reason. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I, you know, I don't know what story that could have been. I do like, I, in the business I tried when I would do those stories yeah. to at least make it like marginally therapeutic for the family that I'm not going to, I don't, I don't actually want to talk about what happened. Mm. I want to talk about who it happened to right. and what you do now as a family. Um, but it was like, man, I, that could have been a really good story if I'd had my, yeah. if I'd had the tape I needed for the camera. I'll I mean, give you one more anecdote real quick. Yeah, sure. Northern Michigan, upper peninsula. There was a priest who had a host, a communion wafer, that had a red dot on it. And it was almost like a bubble. And they said, at the time, it was a miracle. Mm -hmm. They said the communion host was bleeding. So I went up to cover that. Long story short, the day I went to cover it, and I shot a bunch of videos of that communion host, the wafer, when I got back to the editing bay, to look at my footage, everything on the front end was fine, everything on the back end was fine. The thing I shot of the communion wafer no. was snow. Wow. And to this day, I still, I, I can't explain what happened. It may have been a dirty tape, it may have been my camera acted up at it was, one point. It was a miracle. But it, that still sticks with me wow. because of what the story was yeah. and what that happened when crazy. I got back. That we're hoping that, that will happen for the content of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is introduce you and just be radio silence until we sign off this. Well, Jeff, I really admire what you do. Same. I um, I've never, I don't think I've ever told you this or anyone. I don't even think I've ever told Matt this, but I was a broadcast journalism major for about 20 minutes in college. At Kent State, there was a television station there and I wasn't the anchor person I was the person that came in and did like you know the side personal interest stories mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the side but after the semester I messed up so many times like I wouldn't know when the camera was on me mm -hmm. and so at the end of the year party they played the blooper tape and I was in it like <laughs> 19 times one time I was sitting there like picking my nail I mean it was horrible it was yeah. absolutely horrible Aww. and so i abandoned that as a career as a choice but thank that you for coming tape in. ruined the, everything i wish yeah. i had it to this day but i don't but it was it's uh it's a tough gig so we appreciate you yeah it's do. a pleasure to meet you in person you well, do a thank great you. job and uh, it you. means a lot to a lot of people so i hope you're equally proud i am Good. i am i'm having a i'm having a blast huge thanks to jeff smith for joining us on the podcast today and thanks to you for listening We'll be back next month with more 419. For Gretchen DeBacher, Matt Killam, I'm Kevin Mullen. See you next month.